Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz. I'm joined by my dude Goose, aka Bull Scripted, and we're just here to talk some shit about some Bulls basketball because we haven't been here in a while. Before we do that, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap, at on Tap Sportsnet, following Goose at Bull Scripted, me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, five star rating and review because that's cool and tough. Goose. It's been a minute. We have not recorded since August 2nd because everyday life is always just in the way. But uh, a lot of things went down from the Lonzo Bull free agency special show, such as adding Alex Caruso, adding DeMar DeRozan. A lot of things went down. Summer League was also played as well. So, uh, I mean, first of all, how the fuck are you? Second of all, what's running through your mind about this team, man? Um, I'm doing great. Uh, and the Bulls are doing better. I don't think, uh, given the landscape of the players that moved this offseason, traded or signed in free agency, that the front office could have done much better uh, than they really did. And with all the extensions that the key guys in the league have signed throughout next year um, and even maybe two years out, the move made sense. Um, if you're going to get one of these other star players, you are going to have to trade up. I do feel that we expended maybe too many assets to be able to make that next step to trade up, but uh, you never know. Maybe somebody values Kobe crazy style, or maybe Pat is expendable in this front office's eyes. If that means getting a uh, you know top ten caliber player to put along Zach, so um, there's there's plenty of options that could open up down the road, and I do think they put themselves in position to compete in the East, which was the goal. Um, That keeps Zach Levine here. That keeps your best asset here in Zach Levine. So, uh, fuck it. If that was the cost to play ball this offseason, assets well spent. Yeah, I'm along the same thinking process. A lot of people said we gave up too much for DeMar DeRozan. I went and I looked at a bunch of stats of his and, like, the percentiles he lands in and how effective of a player he could be. I'm excited about it. I don't think DeMar DeRozan has played on a team with as many snipers surrounding him as that he has now. Um, I'm excited to see what he could do. And he brings a level, a level of legitimacy to the starting lineup for sure. And to the squad itself. So I'm super stoked on that. I mean, the starting lineup of, of Lonzo, Zach, DeRozan, Pat Williams, and Nikola Vucevic. I mean, a lot of scoring can be had there. I'm a little worried about the defensive side, just really having, I mean, Lonzo and Pat, Really, I mean, and Pat's not that great of a defender. I mean, he can stay on you, but he's not. I wouldn't put him in the upper echelon just yet. Do you think his defensive, like the overall perception of his defense improves when you move him to the four with a DeMar DeRozan on the floor instead of a Lowry marketing? Because DeMar might not be, uh, you know, an all-defensive style player, but he is an upgrade over Lowry marketing on the perimeter. No, he absolutely is, and that's a fair statement to make. Maybe he does improve when it goes to the four, when he goes to the four. But, again, I don't really want to comment too much on it yet until I really see him getting time at the four and playing it before I'm like, I crown him a good defender. You know, um, I think we have a good wing defender in Lonzo Ball, uh, you know, really on-ball on good defender as well. You have Zach, who had improved, made some strides last year, helped defense kind of suck. But Team USA, he looked pretty good, so maybe that, you know, helped him a bit. Um DeMar DeRozan, we know his defense. So, I mean, what do you think that was with Zach on Team USA? Do you think it was desire to impress his now peers in that that top group that he's in and accepting a different role because everybody there could fucking score? Um, Do you think some of that carries over? The Bulls do have a lot more scoring. 
the offensive load should be lifted off his shoulders a bit in terms of ball handling uh, with DeMar and Lonzo, as well as scoring uh, with DeMar, Lonzo, and Vooch. So does, does Zach have more energy and more attention to defense with a better team around him? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that's fair. I think that he's not going to have to focus on scoring the rock as much. I mean, of course, he's going to look for his shots for sure. But at the end of the day, he does he doesn't need to be the be all end all on the offensive side of the floor. He can, you know, at least savor some some of that energy on the defensive end. And hopefully, you know, he learns and he continues to improve. And with him being on Team USA, to your point, yeah, he's around a bunch of dogs. You know, he's around. I mean, these guys are can score the rock. They're the best of the best in the league, you know, so um yeah, I, I think that's why he maybe tried to impress his peers a little bit, or maybe it was in him the whole time, like you said, and he just didn't have to be that guy to carry a team to a W. And I mean, it was the first time he won four games in a row since his UCLA days. So, you know, uh, he, he didn't have to be the be-all, end-all, which is, you know, pretty fantastic. Um, now, DeRozan's fit, you've had a lot of tweets out there about how at first you were kind of questioning it. Where are you at now with it? Like, have you circled around to an area where, like, where you feel I mean, comfortable or are you still questioning it? I've circled around to DeMar DeRozan telling people like me to shut the fuck up. So um, if, if you watched his introductory conference, yeah, I did. Um, he yeah. pretty much, um, obviously, everybody takes the Iverson practice quote out of context, but he, he pretty much applied that to fit. Fit? You're talking about fit? Like, what? Fit? We're all good basketball players. As long as the common denominator is winning – the fit will work itself out. So don't you guys worry about that. Um, and that was that was the realest introductory conference I've seen in a long time. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is probably one of the realest people in the league. And as much as I hated giving up two-plus positive assets and sprinkling some extra seconds in there and possibly overpaying his market value compared to what everybody else was going to pay on top of that, um, having that dog mentality here, um, we needed that, especially because we lost Daniel Tice. So, um, I like I said, that that's where I sit on fit. Tamar DeRozan told me to sit down and shut up. I'm gonna sit down and shut up and let it play out. I uh, I almost put a tweet out when you were questioning it, and I didn't do it because I didn't have enough time to get to it. But I uh, I put DeRozan's face on Dave Chappelle, and I put your face on Charlie Murphy, and it was the five fingers to the face. Yeah, yeah, you, you had me getting bitch slapped by <laughs> Demar Derozan. I, I had wow. bitch slapped because you were talking a little bit too much shit for my liking. Yeah, yeah, you were. You were. You're getting on, and you know, I, I usually criticize the Bulls a lot, but I was actually excited about this. And I look at your Twitter, see, oh my, how excited is he getting ready to text you? I look at your tweet; they might have overpaid. I'm like, you had to fucking bring me down. It, like it's that. not even a mic, bro. They fucking overpaid. But situationally, <laughs> that was the the cost to do business. So you right. can't really. Uh, argue with it. It's done. It's over with. Let's see uh, how screwed we get by this tampering investigation. I'm glad to have Lonzo. That's probably my favorite signing of the offseason. Um, but let's see how much he costs us. He, he didn't cost us a first in the trade, just Tomas and the second, I believe. Um, but man, he might end up costing us some firsts, which is going to suck because that would be a, I guess, a rookie mistake on the front office. Or um, I guess we could blame Rich Paul, but you know, uh, that that that's that's gonna hurt. Hopefully, yeah. it's a uh, it's a slap on the wrist because everybody in the league does it. Um, I think teams. This like whole them. thing is just so blown out of fucking proportion, and it's so stupid to me. Like these guys are recruiting each other all throughout the fucking year. You know what I'm saying? Like all throughout the year. 
hey man, you know, let's play together. Let's do this. Let's, I mean, seriously, I want to see some sort of evidence from the NBA, something that states that they were tampering before. I mean, and how hard were the is it, is it because to get that deal done like, before the buzzer at the deadline? So right. like the, the groundwork to this was already was done. Already you already knew what was going to be there. Right. It was already there. I mean, what, what, what's the tampering goose? Is it, is it, oh, well, Zach liked his, uh, his, his Instagram poster fucking Zoe tagged Zach in some sort of fucking challenge. Lonzo was wearing there. red and black in a post that he tagged Zach Levine. And that, that was that. Yeah. I mean, um, dude, but LeBron nice. James, Westbrook and AD meeting up in one household and putting a plan together before free agency even opens. That's no big fucking deal. Oh no, um, no, no. Um, but yeah, Lonzo Ball moving in a sign and trade. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, he it was 10 seconds into the fucking thing, man. You can't, you can't structure a contract in a trade in 10 seconds. Oh, but Adam Silver yeah. better watch his fucking P's and Q's here because we haven't had anything nice in some years and we want some nice shit. So he needs to fucking chill out. Is what he needs to do. He needs to chill. No, I mean, I, I guess in a sense, so like how many more can you take away? Like, are you just going to say, all right, Chicago zero firsts for the next five years He's now gonna Brooklyn nets us, man. He's going to take all of them away. We're just going to fall into purgatory. And then our rich Russian or- owner is going to sell. Is that, is Which that what's gonna because as I was talking, uh, you know, a couple people on Twitter, we do have that, that security net of most of these firsts being protected. We can fall back. Uh, we can trade everything away in tank, and as long as you know it's a top pick, we will keep it. So right. uh, you do have that pivot back at least to where you were. Uh, I don't know if we have the pivot to get to where we want to be as consistent contenders uh, because the window with Vooch and Demar here is probably two years, but that two years takes you to a point where you hope Zach, Pat, and Zoe are you know, a, a solid core that you can build a contender around. Right. Now, another thing I want to talk about that's uh, obviously very – it's a hot topic, and it's been a hot topic, but what is going to happen with Lowry marketing? Now, we're sitting here. Is he coming back on a qualifying offer at $9 million? Are the Bulls still looking to try to sign and trade him? Dallas still has interest. I did uh, – Minnesota actually pulled the tri- trigger off and got rid of Culver and Hernan Gomez already. So that, that deal was what – I had kind of was looking at is hoping that the bulls might be able to do that. Obviously it didn't happen. So are we going to be stuck with a mad Lowry? you finally think he plays good. You finally think he stays on the court and uh, get out of his shell a little bit because he's coming off the bench. I mean, it's, it's just what it is. I mean, he thinks he's a starter in this league, not in this lineup. He's not. No, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of cliche to say that that could go one of two ways because that's the way everything can go. (laughs) No, it can always go three ways. It can always go three ways. Um, No, I mean, if you get Lowry back on $9 million, I think the the prospect of that sounds great. Lowry off the bench drastically improves this team. I don't think outside of Paul Millsap that there's a better fit at power forward out there. Um, A lot of people want Millsap. A lot of people want Millsap on this squad. And a lot of teams teams want Millsap on their squad. So. Um, be curious to see what happens there. I don't know if that the holdup there is the Lowry domino that we're still waiting on. Um, but ultimately I think a pissed off Lowry back on a $9 million deal could be a positive thing. Um, like I said, outside of Millsap, I don't think there's a better option at backup power forward. Um, as promising as Marco was in summer league and some of the things we're able to see in his game, uh, and his post passing and his post presence. He doesn't look like he's going to play much for. He, he looks a little too uh, lumbering and slow for perimeter defense consistently. 
So uh, I think he's going to be, you know, a long-term project at the five. We got Tony Bradley uh, going to be repping 13. Uh, haven't read to see if he got Noah's blessing on that, but uh, to wear 13, he, he claims he's representing uh, respect in Noah. So we shall see how he honors the, the great Joakim. Maybe we'll see Joakim uh, become a bench coach or something with Billy. I think that would be pretty fucking cool. You know what's funny is, uh, did you see the outrage? Because I didn't see as much outrage uh, for Joakim, which I thought I would for Joakim Noah num uh, Joakim Noah's number being announced. Um, you know, with Tony Bradley that I did for Rose when who was it that came here? Michael Carter Williams, who was going to wear yeah, one? MCW. And people fucking, I mean, lost it. It was hey, rightfully so. That guy would brick jumpers off the fucking backboard. We don't need that shit. <laughs> Yeah, no, right, right. I mean, fucking a. I mean, yeah, I, I covered uh, in an article for On Tap the Jersey, the New Jersey numbers. Alex Caruso will take over Keith Bogan's number of of six. Hey, um, that's Felicio's number. What are you talking about? Well, I had to start with Keith Bogan's first because the last two numbers, uh, two people to don that number have been severely um, ineffective. So you know, we had that going. Felicio's so. a legend, man. Yeah, well, yeah, Bulls guy Rob will tell you he's a legend all day. Absolutely. I apologize. So we have AO, IO wearing number 12, which oh. I'm still like not super stoked on that because I was really upset when Gafford got it. Felicio forever um, from our boy Johnny Nani there. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Kirk Heinrich oh, is a legend get, in my mind. So get your Kirk Heinrich jack strap out of your mouth. <laughs> Sir, we have not we have not reported together in a long time, and just because I was going to make James slap you does not mean I have to get Heinrich's jock out of my mouth. I just implied that it was in my mouth. See what you did there, and I'm not upset about it a little bit. So fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> Lonzo will wear number two. Who, who's okay? So let's play a little game. Obviously, Heinrich comes to your mind for twelve. So when you think of the number two for the Chicago Bulls, who do you think of immediately? Little Nate, Nate Robinson. I think of Eddie Curry immediately. Shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm that, glad I think a little Nate. I, I'm glad we think a little Nate too, because uh, Nate Nate Robinson was, you know, a he lot. Provided better. some positive moments. Eddie Curry, some uh, positive moments. Pr provided nothing but disappointment. All right, DeRozan wearing number eleven. Ronnie Brewer, is that where you're going right away? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where my mind goes. It's it's disappointing that it goes there. I wish it was attached to something better, because. Other than being a backdoor specialist and a perimeter defender, Ronnie wasn't, you know, the greatest player, but he was, he was a good uh, role guy. Think about Hoping Dougie McDermott much in 2017. More than that for $30 million. Dougie McDermott in 2017 wore that number two when Wade came to town. He had a switch from his number three. Okay. Remember that? Yeah. So then, okay, so then we already have Caruso at number six. And then a ni number 19 is what uh, Simonovich had picked. And I was just like so curious to like look and see who wore that number. There are two players in franchise history that have worn a number 19. That's it. In, in franchise existence. Two. Yes. Just two. It's uh, Bob Boozer and Shalar Halliman. And I don't know who the fuck that is. He was 1970. So it went back to back. Boozer was 1967 through 69. And then this Hamelon guy was 1970. So there are only two players in Bulls history to wear a, number. A 19. guy named Bob Boozer would play fucking professional basketball in 1969. Isn't that Carlos Boozer's dad? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I have no idea. But yeah, so those are the fucking jersey numbers. But I mean, I'm, you know, dude, like I know we're having fun with it. I'm stoked on the team. Summer league, I, I liked what we saw a little bit out of uh, Devon Dotson. Um, 
that dude is back on a two way. Yeah. And he's fucking fast. Like he's just really, really fast. Um, You know, the big bodies are going to give him trouble in the paint. uh, And he's got to shoot a little bit better to even work himself somewhat into a rotation. But I loved what I saw out of IO. I loved what I saw out of Simonovich. I mean, he had his moments, but I, I liked how he was trying to catch bodies. He's still young. I like that, dude. I, I really did. And then Patrick Williams, absolutely, pretty much fire. I, I That aggressive gene is not in there, and he's really going to have to bring it out because I, I don't see it still. But when he played aggressive, when he forced himself to do it, I felt like he looked pretty good. Um, I, I'm digging his one-handed passes as much as they didn't work out a lot of the times in the summer league. I just love that he uses those mammoth hands like we used to see MJ doing, using that thing like a paintbrush. So I'm very curious to see Pat's development. As we heard constantly over and over again throughout the summer league broadcast, Pat's younger than a lot of these rookies coming into the league this year still. So um, I think he turned 20 this week, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think he was still 19 while they were playing. Uh, He got the final game off because the Bulls weren't really in any position to uh, be playing for the championship. But, you know. He actually turns 20 on the 26th. All right, yeah. Still 19. Still yep. get to play the Jason Tatum game for another couple of weeks. Yep. Um, you know, so Pat's ceiling's there. Uh, it's, it feels like it's set up. But I think that's the underrated fact of adding DeMar is you kind of want Pat to be the more two-way version of what DeMar is. Um, yeah. You know, early in his development, Pat is kind of like a raw DeMar. He's, he's a very versatile. Better big, shooting touch, but yeah. Better shooting touch, but right now, at least when he came into the league, it was it was all mid-range. That's where he's comfortable. He runs from the three-point line to the mid-range, um, becoming a lot more comfortable as a catch-and-shoot player at 19 already, though. So I think adding a veteran like DeMar that definitely has that dog mentality on top of a, a similar skill set, uh, that's, that's another positive of bringing in a vet like DeMar to kind of help mold Pat into that kind of player uh, over the next three years here. Yeah, you know, and that's that's a big thing why I think they signed him. I'm not signed him. I, I, they want to be competitive, but, you know, going after and grabbing DeRozan like they did, I feel like the development, the, the vet leadership that's still on this team with Thad even being gone, somebody whose game is kind of like Pat, Patrick Williams' game is, is going to be super beneficial. Summer League, dude, I love the fact that when he was bringing the ball up the court, and, you know, if he and he, he was actually playing decent off the pick and roll, and he was looking to create, you know, like create for his teammates. I love that. But that step back three and then just that ability to pull up really did impress the shit out of me. I mean, his numbers were good last year. And just under two attempts a game, he was shooting like 38%. I mean, you know it's in there. And and that's big in today's NBA, you know, the fact that he could bring the ball up the court, the, back, the fact that he can move without the ball a bit, you know, get into his spots and hit a three. I mean, uh, dude, I'm so stoked to watch this offense. Like, I'm really hoping Billy Donovan can put it all together and make this a free-flowing just – exciting offense that's what i'm looking at well and at least in the starting lineup and maybe it's somewhat negative for his development because we want to see the aggression but he gets to be the fifth option um last year he was probably your second third option um unless kobe and zach are on the floor at the same time together until we got booch so you know now he gets to legitimately be the last option on offense and maybe that's uh, the I don't know. Like I said, that can go either way. It's positive for the team that he's going to be your fifth best player, but I don't know in terms of his development how that works. He's, he is really going to have to dig deep and find that aggressive gene um, 
and you know apply himself at, in situations because we don't want to see him get lost and taking under five shots a game uh, like we did a lot last year. Right now, another thing I want to bring up before you know we start wrapping it up is all right. So the the perception of the Chicago Bulls. Let's get into that real quick. The perception of the Chicago Bulls. So there was an ESPN article that came out a couple days ago. Now they had executives in here. I think some reporters in there just taking votes. Some voted the Bulls as the best moves of the offseason. Some voted the Bulls, you know, uh, or the Bulls were tied for first for the DeRozan thing. Um, now in the Eastern Conference, you have a lot of people thinking that they won't even make a top six seed. Where are you at with that? See, I'm right now I'm bought in. I think they could be in the top six. I, I think they could avoid the play-in. I, I really can. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, injuries could always happen, of course. I, I understand that. We're Bulls fans. We see that all the fucking time. But if if healthy, I think the Bulls have enough talent on paper to avoid the play-in. And I'm talking seven, eight, nine, and ten. That's what I'm talking about. Like you know, top six, avoid it, lock yourselves in, and and, and ride. So where are you at with it? I'm at five to eight. I mean, I think that's realistic area, and I'm obviously that puts me in pretty close to the same area that you are. Yeah. Um, I'm just not as confident that they'll lock themselves into that. Um, obviously, like you said, injuries, the way the cookie crumbles, they could be in the top four. They do have that kind of talent on this team. They do get a full off season together, uh, which they didn't have last year. Um, you don't have as many rookies that you're implementing into the rotation, which as much as it sucks not to have had a first, uh, that learning curve is not going to be there as much for anybody. Cause I don't think IO outside of maybe some spot bench minutes is going to be in the rotation um initially unless kobe's out so and kobe um, will be out to start the season so so no yeah i mean maybe he's in there but um you know five to eight is definitely a a comfortable realistic prediction for me yeah you know i just it was funny to me because Stephen a was you know talking about how he thinks the knicks are better i think the knicks got worse i don't think that they're any better um i think the bulls drastically got better because if you watch chicago bulls basketball last year for stretches of time, I felt like I was watching Walt Lemon Jr. out there again and shit like that. It was just fucking terrible. It was hard to watch, you know. And then um, another thing I, I kind of want to touch on, you got a couple superstar, not superstar players, but uh, larger-than-life personalities on this team. You know, De- DeRozan is a second-tier superstar, but you have Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, who just coming off a gold medal win. The Bulls have 12 primetime games is what they said, 12 national televised games this year seven of which are on NBA TV. NBA, that's not a fucking nationally televised game. My dad does not have NBA TV, so he does not get to watch that. I mean, he'll get to watch it on local, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. That's not a nationally televised game. We have one TNT game this year, so we only get one TNT Bulls game, and then I believe we have three on ESPN. So the disrespect pisses me off a little bit. Goose, it pisses me off. I think that we should have had a couple more at least. I mean, come on, man. We're Chicago. They made moves. They were the talk of the offseason for like a week. And we and we and we get fucking 12 nationally televised games, seven of which are on NBA TV. Come on. Adam Silver. I, I liked Adam Silver. Okay. I did. If he if he takes picks from us, I swear to God, I'm a roundhouse kick him. I'm not really going to do that. Please don't arrest me if anybody's watching this. I'm, I really will not. I'm going to. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's bullshit, dude. Like where's the recognition for once? I mean, I'd rather listen to Stacy and Adam anyway. 
for sure. But I just I want people to see this team. I think they're going to do good things. I think the Bulls have the opportunity to earn themselves more nationally televised games throughout the year. Um, I think the fact that we were even given some is nice. I'm not going to be too picky. We haven't done shit the last few years. Um, and as fun as this offseason was, who knows? I mean, Vegas thinks we're going to be better. That's usually a good indication that uh, things are swinging upwards because uh, Vegas doesn't like to lose money. So uh, Vegas tends to live in the realm of realism. And uh, I do expect the Bulls to be much better and probably earn themselves, hopefully, some more TNT games. Because like you said, no, those those NBA TV games are kind of like... That's bullshit, too. When they no, said yeah, national no, yeah. for that, I'm like, come on. I'm no. like, come on. It's not a national broadcast when it's on NBA TV. Not everybody has NBA fucking TV. I guess not everybody has ESPN and TNT either. But one more thing that I'm upset about that I have to vent about is I really thought because they won the offseason, in my opinion, of course, and a lot of other people's opinions too, not just mine. If they do think like I do, I like you. If you don't think like I do, then fuck you. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. Christmas Day, we didn't get anything. And I was like, damn it, man. Like, I want to go so bad again on Christmas Day. You know, like, there is nothing like going, waking up in the morning with your fam, going to, you know, opening your presents and, um, you know, going to a Bulls game and having a good time. My wife is not all for that, but Ren and I will be going once the Bulls are playing on Christmas again. Um, I have re-upped my tickets, so I will be back at the United Center. I'll be able to pick that game if they're at home. But are you upset they're not on on Christmas this year? I mean, of course I'm upset, but like I kind of just covered, we we haven't proven shit. On, on yes, paper, we have. We prove we won the offseason. We prove we care. We prove we're a major market. Fucking throw us on there. It don't mean nothing. Yeah, we're Chicago. We're the Bulls. Um, on paper. did get fucked too? Yeah, no, well, see, but that's that's my point, is you have somebody like Jokic. I think he's the first MVP to not play on Christmas since, like, 2006 was yeah. the random-ass stat that I saw on Twitter. So if he's getting screwed, can we really complain? And that's Well, yeah, there's uh, no fuck Denver. Hey, we can't Chicago. say fuck Denver. The, the the head of our snake in the front office is is from Denver. I don't know. He's not from Denver. He worked in Denver. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Right, sorry, but I, I, Jokic will be a bull in twenty uh, after the end of twenty twenty three. By the way, Hot yeah, take. we're we're swapping out Vooch for for Yoke. Yeah, Yoke's coming. Yoke Yoke will be here. But anyway, um, yeah, I was I don't know, man. That just pissed me off a little bit. I just wish that we had gotten some a little bit more recognition. Not I know we haven't done anything. I understand. It's all right. We get to be the underdog. Sometimes I don't like being the underdog. Every fucking team I love is an underdog all the time. Like there's just a team that I want that's gonna like go shove their foot down someone's throat and be like, I'm coming to take your soul. And then you have to be a bandwagon fan and like be a Yankees fan. And I mean, you can't be a Patriots fan anymore because Tom Brady's gone. But, you know, you, you just got a bandwagon hop if you want to feel that way. Uh, Man, unfortunately, hey. we're, we're going to be underdogs. And I think that's a good thing because I oh. think at this point, Lonzo Ball's accepted that he's an underdog. Zach Levine's accepted that he's an underdog. DeMar DeRozan's hearing all this shit on how he's an underdog. And Vooch has always been looked at like, you know, just a back-end star, just kind of a boring 2010 guy. Uh, Perkins can't even pronounce his name. Big Voop, Voop, Big Voop, 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 Um, you know, so all these guys are underdogs. So that's, that's going to be the identity of this team. And they're, they're going to grit and grind and they're going to scrape for it. And that's a different identity that we've had the last three or four years. So let's, let's embrace it and 
let's let's be underdogs and not play on Christmas and spend time with our families and not worry about basketball on that day. Disagree with that. All right. Um, anyway, <laughs> I don't really have much else, but I do want to talk about a little, uh, you know, something unrelated to the Bulls summer league wise. Well, it's actually related to the Bulls because his brother is our point guard. Leangelo Ball, you think he makes a roster over there in Charlotte? I wouldn't even be mad if we threw him a two-way, man. Like I wouldn't be mad either if we threw him a two-way. I, he showed it, me some shit. I was pretty the, impressed. The the Lavar presence scares me. Um, oh, I just, love it. I just love because Lamar if you Ball. have if you have, no, it's not that I don't like Lavar. I think that he's a distraction to your organization and your team. So I think that's that's something you risk in signing Leangelo to like a two-way contract um, because other than Troy Baxter Jr. or Tyler Bay on the Bulls' actual summer league team, I'm not sure who's getting that second spot. What about Simi? What did you think about Simi? I mean, Simi's had moments for us the last couple of years. I think Simi's a perennial G-leaguer. Yeah. I think with Marco being your project at the five, you're not going to take on Simi as another five project. Um. Who, who was uh, somebody else that just came out? I don't know what, what's going on with Makoka. Is he going to get a full roster spot this year? Is he coming back on a two-way? Are we giving up on the Frenchman? I think they renounced the rights for Adam Makoka. They renounced the rights? Okay, I, I didn't they catch did. that. Yeah, he uh-huh. is, uh, yeah, he recently played for the Bulls, obviously. Uh, we didn't see him in Summer League. Yeah, he, well, yeah, and he says he's on a, well, according to his wiki, this is uh not really telling much here. I'm looking for news on Makoka. I, I don't know if um so wait, no, Adam Makoka is the only other player for the last season who is eligible for a qualifying offer. Yeah, I've got really nothing here on Makoka. Okay. So no, yeah, like I said, that's kind of a mystery right now. I know he hasn't signed the two way. Uh, it's very possible that they had to renounce his. Um, I think they did renounce his rights, so I remember seeing that somewhere. They, they might have had to do that to make most of these moves, so that wouldn't be too surprising. Obviously, that doesn't mean that they can't still pick him up. Um, so, no, curious what happens with him if he uh, just re-ups on a two-way like Dotson and those two spots are the same as last year and it's focused on developing. Uh, but if not, I would not mind throwing a contract to Leangelo. Um, I, you know, I, I do think he showed some stuff in summer league and obviously being a part of that family, he's always going to have that drive to want to get to the league. He's, he, he feels left out. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and, rightfully so too. I mean, he fucked up when he was at UCLA a bit there and, uh, kind of paid the price for it. Then he had to get the ankle surgery. I mean, we all knew from basically, if you watch any Chino Hills film on the ball brothers and those guys were fucking big as hell when they were cut, when Monzo was coming out, they were all over the place. LeVar was all over the place. I mean, it was amazing for that family i mean kind of annoying for a lot of other people but you know regardless if you watch chino hills footage you knew lonzo had the makings of being a very good player you knew that Lamelo could surpass both of them just by watching him play and then leangelo was kind of a bulldog but short you know six five wasn't you know got bored short six foot five well, he's fucking short well <laughs> For how he was playing, he was short, you know, and then getting to UCLA wasn't in the best shape. He could shoot the rock possibly better than both of his brothers, but just mm-hmm. didn't seem to have the IQ on the court that his brothers had. But in, in this G League this year, how he played, he was slimmed down. He was fast. He made good decisions with the ball. Shooting, I mean, lights out from three, like 44% from three. He played defense. He put himself, he showed IQ getting into the paint and challenging bigger bodies for boards. 
you know, like I, I was pretty impressed with him. I'd be goddamn shocked if Charlotte didn't give him a contra a two-way. I'd be, I would, I'd be, I'd be shocked if they didn't. He was by far and away, I think, one of the best players on that G League team for them. No, I mean, I think your your point to where he kind of was more of like a power forward bulldog in his his high school kind of days, having that skill set as well as being a shooter that's now slimmed down. I think he has kind of an all around game that you know, screw it if it if it makes uh, your team better, uh, throw him a two way. Um, like I said, I think the only real concern there is having two of ours kids on your team, and but maybe that's not a concern. Maybe Lavar pushing his all three kids getting onto one team. Maybe that's what you want. Um, maybe, maybe here in Chicago, who knows? Yeah, shit. Maybe you got the Le, Lamelo, Lonzo, and Leangelo one through three, and uh, you know Zach starts playing power forward. I don't fucking know. <laughs> that we would get killed a lot. No, yeah, no. That, yeah. Obviously, that's a, that's a, that's a bad joke. I'm but. gonna do I'm gonna do that on the on 2K, and I'll report to you how it goes and uh, fake simulation bullshit. Uh, but you know, on a, on a two way contract, I don't see how you could go wrong. Yeah, you, well, right. I, I I'll agree. I'll agree with you there. I, I I would like to see him get a contract. I mean, I love it for the be with the Bulls just because I like watching the Windy City Bulls, and thank God they'll be back this year. Um, you know, we had stars such as Antonio Blakeney over there, Cristiano hey, Palacio. Even after having that uh, card game stick up that he set up, having that trouble with the law, he was kicking some ass for Portland. Yeah, he was. Uh, I, too. He can hoop. He can hoop. It just it doesn't translate over to the league because he's too busy playing my player. He just can't pass right. the ball. Right. <laughs> so, I got the rug. I got the rug. Shoot. Before we leave out, we have the preseason schedule, so we unfortunately have to wait over a month for Bulls basketball, um, which just fucking sucks. This is the worst. But uh, they'll start it off on October 5th against the Cleveland Cavaliers, then against the Pelicans, then against the Cleveland Cavaliers again on 10-10. That'll be at Cleveland, and that's the only one that's away for the Bulls preseason games. All the other three are at home. The last one will be against the Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies there um, on uh, – oh, I lost the date of it. Well, fuck it. That's the last game. And then to start the season off, the Chicago Bulls are away in Detroit. And I am really, really, really debating on whether or not I'm going to buy tickets and, and, and go to this game. That's what I want to do. And that will be on the 20th of uh, October. This is NBA opening night kicks off on the 19th. Bulls got fucked and then the home openers against the Pelicans, right? Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. And that'll be on the 22nd. I will be there for that. I will be in attendance for that one for sure. Um, we do have the opportunity again. I have not told you yet, but we do have the opportunity again to go to the practice this year. So I'll get you with you on the dates with all of that. Um, Nani's going to come with me to one. I guess we're getting two or three. So we're going to have that. We're going to have that go. We're going to go there again and check that shit out. But yes, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, it sucks. We have to wait about a month for Bulls basketball, but I'm again, dude. The optimism is sky high with me right now. I can't fucking wait to see what happens. No, in terms of last year's team, I think the roster has done a complete three six. Uh, I don't want to do a three sixty because then you're back to where you are. We did a one eighty. Yeah, Jason Kidd said that one time and did a complete three sixty. The offense. It's like you mean you went back to where you were? Yeah, no, yeah. we did a three sixty. Went all the way back around. Yeah, well, no, we did a three started. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, dude. Yeah, no. That's a 180, man. uh, Exciting times for Bulls basketball. I I by no means expect us to be contenders. 
but the Atlanta Hawks fucked around and found themselves <laughs> close, close to making the championship. So you never know what can happen in this league, and the Bulls have put them in position, uh, themselves in position to, you know, be that surprise team. So absolutely, but let's absolutely. Do it. Yep, only good juju around, man. Well, if we ain't got anything else, everybody, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following Goose on Twitter at Bullscripted, me at Buzz on Tap. Following Bulls on Tap and on Tap Sportsnet. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us five star rating and review because that's cool and tough. We'll be back when we're back. You know, I don't, I don't know. We've been kind of going on little hiatuses here and there. Um, you know, work and shit gets in the way every once in a while, but fuck it. You know, yes. we'll probably back when Lowry get traded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. We'll be back when we're back. Let's go Bulls.